This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents, which you can also access at cortezcurrents.ca. The Clahous water taxi brought 52,000 chum eggs to Squirrel Cove yesterday. Goat one tied up at the Clahous dock around 11 a.m. The eggs come from Plot Almond Fish Hatchery in Paul River. I think the amount is based on what they get on returns because they have their own creeks and rivers where they get their chum eggs. Explained Clahous Fisheries Officer Byron Harry. While Harry drove off to meet the boat with Ian Douglas and Dave Ewart from Fisheries and Oceans Canada, Cortez Currents waited at the Clahous Hatchery with local streamkeepers Cease and Christine Robinson. The chum run this year has been spotty. Some places, in addition to Cortez, had very poor results. But they got enough over in Lund to be able to share with us, which is wonderful, because that was our only shot this year at getting some fresh life into this particular cycle year. They've been holding those in the hatchery over at Sleaman until they develop to this point, the eyed egg stage. There's just a little window where they're tough enough to handle. Otherwise, you can damage them. They keep track of the water temperature, and it tells them exactly what stage of development the eggs are at. Those are arriving in a cooler in the next hour. The idea will be to divide those up and not have all the eggs in one basket. There will be 15,000 going into an incubation box directly on Basil Creek. There will be 15,000 retained in the incubation box in the Clahous hatchery. Those will eventually be released into Basel. So that's 30,000 total that are dedicated to Basel Creek. And we will take 20,000 over to Whaletown Creek today and put them in an incubation box in that stream. What happened to this year's chum run? <clears throat> as far as Cortez goes, it was a non-event. Certainly, a half a dozen or a dozen fish showed up at each of the four streams. And maybe there was a few more that didn't quite make it. The seals know when the salmon are coming, so they show up for their share, which is natural and good. Except when there's several hundred fish and the seals eat a few, that's fine. But when there's eight and they eat eight, then it's unfortunate. But I don't think there were very many, because with low water in the creeks like we had, they couldn't get up. What you would expect to see is fish trying to get up. Right at the very mouth, they would be thrashing around it, getting as far as they could and showing anxious behavior. They'd be jumping and rolling. There would be a lot more predator activity if there was any quantity of fish to eat. But really, it was pretty quiet. So it just didn't really happen this year. We don't know for sure why. They're out at sea for four years. Just to add to that, we saw in Whaletown, two or three jumpers early October, mid-October. Certainly off the Hollyhock Beach, there was some jumpers seen. There were sea lion cruising by the mouth of Basil Creek, but none of those indicated that there was a substantial amount of chum pooling and preparing and waiting to come into the creeks. Over on Quadra, I know that at one of the streams there were a couple of hundred just perished at the mouth of the stream because they simply couldn't get up. They tried, and they died. In a previous interview, Matthew Clark from DFO said that when chum cannot get up a stream, they will move on to another one. I believe that's true, and, but I don't actually know to what degree it happens. Just to clarify, Cortez is right in the middle of the northern end of the Salish Sea. If they had chum straying from the creeks on our west side, James Creek, 
Welltown and Hanson. Would they stray to Quadra or to Reed? We've actually got calls out to talk to some of the local streamkeepers to see if their chum count was higher, and that might indicate that happened. On the east side, Basil here, would they stray to up into Desolation, to the mainland? That's still a question that's being explored, and we don't have the answers yet. The other thing to know about the chum life cycle is that people on paper talk about it being a three, four, five-year life cycle. So would this have been a year that we might not have seen chum come back? There's just so many mysteries with chum, with any of the salmon, because they're out in the ocean for most of their life cycle. Harry and the two men from DFO returned not long after that. They lifted a large cooler off the back of their truck and proceeded into the hatchery. The eggs were in ten cylinders, each containing about 5,000 eggs. Three of the cylinders were put in a five-gallon pail full of an iodine solution. After they were disinfected, the eggs were poured into a water trough. We don't really have to do much until maybe end of January, February. They're iodine right now, and we wait till they hatch. We have a few things that we do after that, which would be just removing the lid, some of the layers that are underneath the eggs, so they can have more room to swim around. They'll be there until about April. Our next stop was Basil Creek. where another 15,000 eggs were placed in an incubation box. I would just like to comment on how valuable and helpful it is that landowners adjacent to any of the salmon creeks are included in what enhancement and salmon counting we're doing. We're particularly lucky with the landowners on either side of Basil Creek as it empties into the bay. They're incredibly supportive and helpful, and also they have been very supportive of educational school groups coming and have just been willing for any of the enhancement work that we've done, specifically in Basil Creek, to continue. Without that, we would have no access to the creek where we're doing this work. The same thing, I think, can be said for Hanson Creek. The Fulton family at the mouth of the creek have always been interested in what's happening. They're often the ones who first tip us off when the fish first come in. In a recent interview, Lynn Jordan described some of the massive chum runs that Whaletown experienced during the 1930s, 40s, and 50s. The Robinsons agreed. Maybe even through into the 60s, I'd have to go back and look at numbers that are on file. That was certainly predated our time here, and those are anecdotal stories that we've been also told. That's true for all the creeks. But Whaletown had enough coming in that there was an excess of chum. They were probably spawning on top of each other. Certainly locals, I think, felt quite free and comfortable to use the carcasses after they'd spawned to pitchfork onto gardens. I think there was maybe even concerns about the quality of the water. Those are the historic runs that you can find everywhere on the coast. And there's been terrible factors that have overlaid each other that have affected these numbers. The Matthews family that's on one side of the Whaletown Creek said that those numbers shut off just like a light switch when the first culvert was put in there the old small pipe, which has been replaced. It was just night and day. There were fish, 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 and then there's no fish to speak of. 
been that way ever since. Those culverts are just deadly, and that situation exists all up and down to Vancouver Island. It cuts off the majority of the spawning area and all those streams because the main road is crossing all those streams down close to the salt water so the fish can get up to the road and they don't get past it because that's where all the culverts are. The other factor we were talking about is the eelgrass beds in Whaletown Bay. The natural productive eelgrass beds that were there prior to the invasion of the Canada geese were the nurseries for all of the chum, coho, salmon when they come out of the creeks and before they go out to sea. Given that we've lost most of those native natural eelgrass beds due to the predation of the Canada geese, there is another factor that is really adversely affecting the health of any returning salmon. The conversation continued after the mic was turned off. And at one point, Christine Robinson mentioned 14 factors contributing to the decline of the province's once great salmon population. Cortez Island's streamkeepers are concerned with protecting and enhancing the population that remains. Cortez currents did not accompany them on to Whaletown, where the remaining chum eggs were placed in another incubation box. This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents. Goodbye. Keep track of this tree. Yep. Because you should have a few of this Okay. Sure.